you're going to meet some, some demons. You're going to, you're going to fight some fights. Like it's, it's not pretty, but I was thinking about it last night and thinking about my own experience and thinking like, and then it gets to a point where you actually realize like you can put down your weapons. All the fighting is unnecessary now. Not that it doesn't still happen, but that I have space for all of that too. You're a high achiever. On paper and through the eyes of others, you've made it. Congratulations. But the truth is you feel unwanted, unworthy, and unlovable. You always have, but you hide it well. Welcome to the Trauma Hiders Podcast. I'm Karen Goldfinger Baker, and this is a podcast where high achievers like you finally reveal what keeps them up at night that no amount of money or recognition will fix. I'm also making it my business to speak with people who get you. Hell, I get you. I am you. So get your best hider's face on, sit down, and let your guard down. What's on the other side of this shit will change your life. There are so many ways people like us fuck ourselves over, but let's start with five ways. When you know them, maybe you'll finally stop doing them. Over on my website, you'll find a free download listing the five ways your fuckery is getting in the way of the next level of your success. Grab it now at karengoldfingerbaker.com. Have you ever met someone who is the ethereal combination of magic, adventure, wonder, and brilliance, and their present brings out the magic in you? This conversation is that. Join me and my guest, Bela Blanc-Quiney. You'll hear us in a conversation full of curiosity, passion, and soulful deep love. Get ready. It's the Trauma Hiders Club. Welcome. Bay, here you are on the Trauma Hiders Club podcast. Yep. Yeah. How about that? Yep. What do you want to hide the most right now? God, I just had an existential crisis in that moment. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, the thing in my life right now that I most want to hide. Sure. It would be that like, I'm in a real conundrum of like, we're at like the go, no go point for parenthood Ah. because of my age. And I'm in a fascinating array of conversations with myself about it. And a lot of it's just old, old, old stuff. Mm -hmm. And, and it's a bunch of conversations that are difficult to have in the public domain because that's not the conversation people want to have about parenthood right I hear you and I want to make sure that we are aligned with what go no go is so yeah yeah can you can you share more about that yeah so I'll be 41 this summer and so just in terms of age and whether or not we biologically become parents like have a child Mm. and so it feels like, well, I just, I just assume, well, I mean, assume slash understand there to be a, there's a nature is starting to tick away from us. Mm, I hear that. Yeah. Yeah. So what's the conversation that you're hiding? Well, largely like, so my, I have this whole story slash belief that I don't, like, I don't have a biological clock. And if I like, there's no ticking here, there's no, I'm 
There's no baby fever. I don't think I'm going to wake up tomorrow and be like, all right, I'm ready. Um, and I never really loved babies. I was trying to say that nicely, but that's all I, just, I never did. And I was the youngest. And then we had pretty dysfunctional family. And so I just kind of grew up seeing parents, especially my own, not enjoy having children. Mm. And so I don't know how much of the, it, how much of it is based on that experience I have versus how much of it is just like, well, I love my dog. I'm sure I'd love a kid. Like it's more than one conversation. If, it, yeah. if it's like, it feels like there are 15 women in my head and they're nattering at each other all the time. And then what happens is when I try to talk about it with someone, and again, people don't want to talk to someone who's like unsure about being a mother. Cause if you're going to be a mother, it's the greatest, it's, it's one of two things. It's either the greatest thing in the world, God bless you, or kids are assholes. Like those are the two options for, mm. it seems to me in the conversation of parenthood or motherhood. And no one wants to have the conversation with someone who's like, Hey, here's my thoughtful 15 point thesis about it. Because as soon as you say, you know, I'm not really sure. Even people who know me and love me are like, Oh, then don't have a kid. If you're not sure, don't have a kid. And I'm like, that's not helpful. Yeah. And that doesn't take into account who I am and where I'm coming from. Right. Right. Um, yeah, that's, that's an interesting one, Bay, especially the, the part about I'm not sure. And then people come to, well, then don't. Right. How many things in your life have you been sure about that you did and had a disastrous outcome? <laughs> like, I should keep track of these things, Karen. Well, you can't because there aren't many. Exactly. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm not here to give you advice, Bay. Right. All I can share is who I know you to be as a generous, loving, open, open for the ride human with enormous amounts of magic, delight, and joy to share with the world. I'm smiling. You can't hear that. Yeah, I can. I can. Well, and that's the thing, like, thank you, because... I had a brief moment where I was like, oh my God, is Karen going to do the thing? Because the other thing people say is, oh my God, Bay, you would be such an amazing parent. And mm. like, also not helpful. I mean, yeah. maybe it is. Actually, it probably is. And I think that is a knee jerk of my survival mechanism mm -hmm. to kick away any acknowledgement or not actually that, actually just to refuse love in. Right. Like not let it in. Yeah. And there's part of me that knows that to be true. There's like part of me that's like, you could be a real asshole. And that is also, that's also just true. <laughs> It's yeah. true. I also trust myself and know that I am supported enough and have done enough work that I don't think I'd be an unmitigated asshole as a parent, but it's that it really, the reason, my number one reason for like being in the conversation as opposed to, I mean, ultimately I think I'm a yes, I'm just terrified hmm. is I don't want to miss that experience. Yeah. You're terrified that you would miss the experience of parenting. And I'm terrified of having the experience of, of parenting. Ah. I don't see aversion. And I, this is hilarious because of the work that I do in the world. So I feel like, and uh, this is another reason, because I feel like because of my work, I can't talk about this because I should have my shit sorted. And then I also know that's bullshit, but it's there. Yeah. But I really struggle to see how I get to still be me and have my life and have an impact. And how do I not lose my business 
And like, it, it all feels very selfish, but to be honest, I'm like, I'm actually quite content being selfish. Mm -hmm. So those are all, again, those are the conversations that no one, you know, if let's say I was pregnant tomorrow. And then I said, I was worried about my business. People would be like, well, at least you have a, you know, well, at least you're pregnant or at least like, yeah. Um, babe, let's <laughs> call me next time. <laughs> Karen, SOS. Yeah, right. Because there isn't the at least or this is that. There's the acknowledgement that this is actually what you're thinking about. Yeah. Right? Like we don't have to pop you out of that. Right. Let's be in that and stay there and see what what there is in it for you, what's true, what's what you want to make of it. And yeah, hmm. we can go on on this topic, by the way. Mm-hmm. I love that you brought that. And I love the raw, real bay. I mean, you always bring that. And this story of, you know, we're in this personal growth coachy thing. So we have to have our shit together. We are our own best clients. Totally. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's so much of your brilliance, Bay, is you're the same person right here behind a mic as you are behind the zoom screen as you are in front of a room doing a big talk or a mini ted talk or whatever it is you're doing like that's the that's the brilliance and what where i see that honesty that truth coming from is so much of your lived experience yeah yeah uh-huh. The magic of the shithole. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's the, it's, it's like the, the untold stories of the shithole. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Is that you're actually going to be okay if you do the work, but it's going to fucking suck. Yeah. Yeah. I was just thinking about this last night, like just last night, I think I read something or saw something while scrolling reels in a bajillion degree heat wave. And it was that piece, like, like if you're willing to do the work, like the shadow, whatever you want to call it, shadow work, leg work, dig up your shit. Like, I don't like excavate. I don't know what there's a million words for all this work. Right. Yeah. Like the work on us, capital, the capital, the work mm -hmm. you're going to meet some, some demons. You're gonna, you're gonna fight some fights. Like it's, it's not pretty, but I was thinking about it last night and thinking about my own experience and thinking like, and then it gets to a point where you actually realize like you can put down your weapons. All the fighting is unnecessary now. Not that it doesn't still happen, but that I have space for all of that too. Totally. Which at the time, like when I started all of this journey, I did not have space for it. No, it was scary, right? Horrifying. Yeah. And mostly the degree to which I hated myself. Mm -hmm. Like the more I dug, the more I was like, oh Jesus, it's worse. Oh my God. Like, right there's more to hide than I even thought I was hiding. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I had this thought that if I do deeper and deeper work, I'm going to uncover like the rage, the ugliness, the piece of shit, the brokenness, and I will repel the people around me and I'll be sitting in a corner rocking all by myself for the rest of my life. Totally. Yeah. Uh-huh. Which is funny because I think if I didn't do that work, I probably would have been there. Exactly. Like that was guaranteed. Yes. I mean, 
I got to tell you, even when I was uh, like starting EMDR, I was like, oh shit, I'm going to like go back in and create uh, resources and all sorts of things and deal with the moment, the moments, the whatever, I, I'm going to end up divorced. Like, right. And by the way, that was only like a year and a half ago. Right. How can I ever be with my husband again when I have, when my demons are sitting right next to me and God, it's so much more free than I ever imagined. Totally. And do you notice that? Like, I'm just going to make an assumption because it's certainly been my experience. Like the more you do that, the freer other people are like, it's like everyone takes a deep exhale. Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah, absolutely. Right. The more free and okay I am, right. It's that embodiment. Yeah. Yeah. When we all like just decide to let it all hang out, then everyone's like, fuck, I've been hating wearing this too. Like, you right. know, and, and not even for themselves. Although I do think it does that. Like I think other people I've noticed people in my orbit close to me, they're in conversations that they wouldn't be. And I say close to me, not like in my job, like not mm -hmm. career-wise, but personally, I'm not trying to take credit for their journey or anything, but I think like, again, it's like me doing my work has provided the freedom for conversations that they otherwise may not have been a part of, at least not right now in that moment. Yes. Um, and that's pretty cool. It is really cool. I mean, I, I, I'm experiencing the same thing. I put this podcast out, it hit the podcast platforms two weeks ago and the amount of people who have like reached out to me, whether it's to say like, dang girl, <laughs> or how touched they are to experience like the real raw, vulnerable human uh -huh. while thinking that they had. Right, right. 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 And then there are some people who are like, oh, I never knew that about you. And now this is weird. <laughs> yeah. That's okay too. You know? Yeah. I've gotten messages of like, whether or not you know this, you've opened a door for me to open a door and then uh -huh. another and another. And that's my mission, right? To normalize the conversation around trauma. Yeah. And listeners, as much as I love all of you, I created this thing for me. Um, <laughs> right. I created the thing that wasn't there when I needed it. Yeah. And here we are talking. So Bay. Yes, Karen. Why do you think the world is opening up to trauma? Why now? Oh my God. Well, I think a few reasons. Some of them are grandiose and I've made most of this up. Um, okay. well, my biggest one is that I believe that we are as a species. So humanity, we are on the, tip, the, the tipping point of the next big revolution. So mm -hmm. in the same way that I think, you know, like the bronze age or like the agricultural revolution and then the industrial revolution, I think we are in the death throes of the industrial revolution. Mm -hmm. I had a real moment last year, like actually a real, like a solid week of genuine depth of feeling of pain when I realized that I've always believed I would be a part of the, the new way. And I, and I actually like, I became present to my mortality and was like, oh shit, Bay, no, you're in the revolution. That's not mm -hmm. the same as after it. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So I, I genuinely think that a, a ton of stuff that we've had working for us and I'm air quoting working because I actually don't think it's worked that well, certainly not for most inhabitants of this planet. It's no longer working and we can no longer pretend that it's okay that way. And so I think 
part of this revolution is um, an intellectual and emotional one. And so instead of it just being like, I don't know, oblivious unconsciousness, I think that what we're moving into is just more awareness. Like we can't, I'm sitting here on an island in a rainforest that just had a heat wave that we've never had. And like, right. Tell me more that climate change isn't real. Like, tell me more. Mm-hmm. But like, we cannot deny these things. And so again, like whether we want to be oblivious or not, like the reality is it's no longer being quiet, right? The consequences are louder now. And then I think this past, what, year and a half of the pandemic has stripped away whatever veils were still in place. Mm-hmm. And so as upsetting as it's been for a lot of people to be, to, to find out this stuff, I'm like, well, it's not new, right? You're just privy to it now. Mm-hmm. Like you're now just paying attention. And I don't even say that with any judgment. Cause honestly, it's much better if you don't <laughs> like a better experience for you as a person, if you can ignore shit, right. whether it's in the world or in your own self. And I think what we're seeing is the expiration date of that strategy. Mm. Yeah. Yes. I believe that with all of the talk about loss and grief, and even if it was loss and grief for your daily schedule, you know, right? People have started to wake up to, oh, wait, I'm feeling this thing. Uh-huh. I don't even know what to do with that. They might not be like, this is rage or this is sadness. Uh It could just be, uh, I'm having an experience of a thing I can't identify and I know it's different. Oh, and the pandemic is bringing it on. Shit, Uh what is this? I'm waking up. Like, yeah, right? Like layers are being shed. Yeah. Yeah. Like the volume is no longer ignorable. Right. Right. So those feelings, I believe those feelings are always there. I think Mm -hmm. that people in general... (laughs) I mean, I laugh because it's, I like, like laugh, like the same way I see my dog do something stupid. I'm like, oh, you're so cute. I love you. Like, that's not going to work. You know, that stick is not going to go through that space. I think humans, including myself, I do not hold myself as separate. Like we are the least human of our species. Like we're just right. We're so removed from the concept that we are animals. We are mammals, right? We're of a primate order. Like I can nerd out on this because of my education. but Tell us about that. Why can you nerd out on that? Oh, my first degree was I majored in anthropology Mm -hmm. and I specialized in, well, primatology and also um, cultural, social, like social, as opposed to like archaeological because dirt and heat. Right. People now know that Bay can't handle heat. (laughs) And so I, I take a perspective in all the work that I do with people, as well as like, when I look at the world, I look at it, my timeline is millennia. Like hundreds of thousands of years. And to me, most of the stuff makes sense. And what I, what I think is like humans for the most part, don't relate to themselves as though we are animals. Like there's Mm -hmm. like us people. And then there's all the animals and the vegetables that grow on the planet. And it's Mm -hmm. like, we're one of them. Yeah. And we're acting like we aren't right. And it's like, you know, when people say things like my dog doesn't know he's a dog. And I'm like, well, you don't know you're You're a human human. So (laughs) (laughs) seems fair. Like Yeah. You know, for me, one way to remind myself of my humanity is to spend time in an older adult facility. Um, My mom is currently in a rehab, a skilled nursing rehab. And talk about your humanity, right? There is 
all levels of success and all levels of decline are happening all around that place, right? Miracles are happening on every end of the spectrum, both like I can live and this is amazing to I am dying, I am nearly dead. And this is also amazing for a wonderful life lived. And everything that happens in between, man, it is, you know, seeing dementia and how the body goes back to its like fetal self. Yeah. It's such a stark reminder. Plus, I mean, the ever present, you can walk down a hall and you've got like 10 whiffs of shit, even with your mask on. Like (laughs) yet another good reason to wear a mask. That's right. That's right. It's like a factory of humanity over there. Yeah. Yeah. Incredible. And I think, well, I mean, I I love that you went there because it's kind of like, we're so uncomfortable with Mm -hmm. that primal part of us that I find that even the word primal is very loaded. Like if you're like primal, you say, tell someone like, oh, I do primal screaming. Like, oh my God. Like, no, primal is not wrong. Mm-hmm. Like when you go pee in the morning, that's fucking primal. Like get over yourself. It's just so normal, but we're so divorced from it societally. And I don't know. In fact, I don't believe that it's as true everywhere in the world as it is perhaps in like Western civilization. Right. But like we are removed from sick people. We are mm-hmm. removed from the smell of shit. We don't, we don't smell that. Right. We don't know where a chicken comes from. We don't know what death looks like. We don't know what dying looks like. And then when we are faced with it, we have no playbook. The feelings that come up, we're like, what the, what are these? They're not welcome. I know that much, you know, and it's all just this, like, it's bewildering to discover that you are a carbon based living, breathing Mm -hmm. primal creature in a sanitized styrofoam packed planet. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Bay, I'm curious. Uh Oh, by the way, listener, I actually know the answer to this, but I'm going to be curious. Uh, (laughs) What did it take for you to open up to your own humanity and to get the support? I I understand the anthropology. I can't even say the word anthropological bay. Like I get that education piece. There is a part of you that is so okay, not only with a bumpy ass traumatic childhood, but clearly also the bumpy ass adulthood. What did it take for you to open up and get support earlier on before you were the evolved adult that you are? Oh my God. Great question. I mean, part of it is I didn't have a choice. What does that mean? Yeah. So like my family, what was going on there in terms of just dysfunction. So my brother needed really special care. My parents had an explosive divorce. Mm. Yeah. So the cliff notes version of it. Okay. I of course didn't realize this was abnormal. Like I didn't, I didn't know this didn't happen in every house. It was just Mm. normal. Right. But that like social services was involved heavily. And so when social services are involved, when like you have to call the police, not Mm. infrequently, when you're having to have services come into your home and remove a child. Yeah. Basically. So when I say I didn't have a choice, it's like we were mandated to have Mm -hmm. like therapy and support. Yeah. Thank God. Like, like, honestly, I actually 
Well, yeah, I am thankful. I'm thankful for all of it. Like this is my ride and I'm thankful mm -hmm. for all of it. I presume on some spiritual level, I signed up for it. So, and in fact, I've been told by a shaman that that's true. Mm. I'm like, wow, that seems like an interesting choice for me to have made, but I, I, I see me, mm -hmm. but it's like, if we had been slightly less dysfunctional, it would have been a secret and we wouldn't have had help. Mm. Right. We are poor, right? Like dirt fucking poor too. So it's not like my mom was going to be like, I think I'll pay for family therapy. Like that wasn't going to be an option, mm -hmm. but because we were so far beyond the line of being able to have an invisible issue, the service was provided because it was deemed essential. Right. So, uh, um, so on the one hand, I didn't have a choice and thank, thank the Lord above. Yes. I had incredible people in my life. I actually loved going to therapy because she had a chalkboard. And that's great when you're seven through ever. Um, she would let me borrow a new stuffed animal every week from her office. Nice. Yeah, it was great. Like as a kid, it was fun, right? But when I look back, I'm like, oh man, this was a place of, she just loved me. Like she just was wonderful, mm -hmm. wonderful human who held space for stuff that I wasn't ready to share. And, and truthfully, I don't think I could begin to process it until my 20s mm. and really late 20s early 30s like yeah my childhood was bumpy but fuck man it was way what I say is that I believe that trauma is something especially in childhood well maybe ever that we put on credit yes we pay for it with a credit card and like it like you would when you're like 18 you get your first credit card mm -hmm. and you're like oh it's magic money I don't have to pay right yeah you do and there's this thing called interest and it's going to ruin you yeah and so my interest came due in my late twenties hmm. and it was brutal repayment, but essential because I was a yes to it. How did it show up for you in your late twenties? Well, so in my late twenties, I was starting to feel myself kind of, I'm actually doing like an action with my body. Mm -hmm. I could feel myself turning inward into this like brittle, angry, cynical person. Mm -hmm. And I know who she is. Mm-hmm. I know who she is in my life. I've got an example and to be nothing but like loving and compassionate towards that person. She does too. Mm. This is inherited. This is all down the road. And so I could feel that happening and I'm trying to think like I did landmark when I was like 25, mm -hmm. but you know, what's funny is it didn't stand out because of all the help I received growing up. It was not an unusual conversation to me. Right. You were used to difficult conversations. You were used to putting your shit on the line. And also little did I know used to deeply philosophical conversations and ontological conversations. Yes. So I didn't know that. I just, you know, I thought this was interesting and, um, and yeah, like, well, I'm not going to hide my shit. <laughs> Seems obvious. Of course I was hiding it. Like I was hiding all the real shit, but. Yep. But you were doing the right thing and showing up and looking, looking yeah. like, oh, I'm going to, I will. I will show you my deep shit. And yet 10 layers yeah. down is where the scary pit of hell is. And I wasn't even knowing that, right? Yeah. What I knew is deep down, like the truest story about me was that I didn't deserve to be here. Mm -hmm. I was a horrible mistake. Mm -hmm. And everything I do is to make up for every breath I take mm. like that. But I didn't know. I truly, honestly, Karen, I couldn't have even said that to you because I didn't like that just was true. It was air. It was hmm. the, the sky is blue. I couldn't have distinguished it from anything. I couldn't distinguish it as a story because I only knew it as the only story. Hmm. And wow. so that's what was coming up for me in my 20s. Like it was, it was twisting me like my scoliosis twists my back. Mm -hmm. Right. 
I was settling into a career that I was bored in and hated and had been warned that I shouldn't get into it by someone who cared. Uh, and I was like, cool, cool. I'm going to go do it because <laughs> it'll give me everything I need. Yeah. Ha, 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 ha. <laughs> and then, you know, if we fast forward a little to like my early, yeah, early thirties. So I'm just finishing my MBA. My husband's in law school and he starts looking into this thing called coaching. And I just assume he'll, I think he'll grow out of it. <laughs> right. Like, no, my husband's a lawyer. Damn it. Right. And then he does this program. And the long and short of it is he came home from, he did multiple, pro, he did, he's done more than one training program, even from the beginning. Mm -hmm. And he came home from this one and he was a different man and he was crying. And I was like, oh no, no, mm. no, no. There's not room for that in this house. Like that's my corner. Fuck <laughs> off. I genuinely thought we would have to get divorced mm -hmm. and not because I was being pissy, but gen like, really, I felt very threatened. And when I think of it now, what was threatened was that shitty, twisted, brittle becoming part of me mm. who knew that her days were numbered if I continued to be in these conversations. Mm. Wow. So she fought hard for me to follow a road that I knew really well, yeah. the road that was laid out for me. Mm. I mean, they got I, Adam, Adam and I have seen a marriage counselor literally forever. Mm -hmm. I'm a big fan of like, if you have teeth, see a dentist. If you have a mind, see a therapist. Right. Like, yeah. It's just a good idea. Yep. And again, with my background, ironically, this therapist, we, we found her out of the yellow pages when you would still look in them. Mm -hmm. She turned out to know me as a child because she worked at the children's hospital that had to house my brother. Oh my. So she knew my whole history. She knew more of my, in fact, she knew more of my history than I did. I bet. Well, trauma will do that to you as well as right. It's your childhood. You're not going to remember not remember and also have no way of like comprehending what yeah. was going on and what was going on from that side, like from the medical mm -hmm. professional side, the services side, it's been really um, enlightening to work with her. I've seen her for, I think, 15 years now. Wow. Yeah. And so we, you know, there's like a lot of dark nights of the soul looking at the shit and like the hardest story I had to let go of was that I'm I'm actually not terrible. I'm actually not mm. like that. The antichrist with a bow on her head, like that was like the long and short of it was that was the work. And thank God I've kind of come through it. And I'm far enough on the other side that I'm now I'm like, Oh, she's still there. Mm -hmm. She's on this ride with me. I just like give her a tub of sour candy. Yeah. It's her favorite. Keeps her busy. Yep. Good job. You know? Yep. Yeah. There you go. Oh God, yeah. she's beaking up. We need to stop, get some candy. Like, right, right. Yeah. And like, I'll, I'll say too, like there was, it was so funny because it's like uh, being lost at sea and then occasionally like seeing a boat in the horizon. There'd be those, these moments when I'd have this like flicker of like, this is not who you are, Bay. is magic and joy and light and mm. Disney and make-believe and fantasy. And then that would just get enveloped with tar again, right? Right. And so it was like, she was fighting through, it was like, honestly, it's like, a, it was like a fight for your mortal soul. Mm -hmm. That's what it feels like. Felt yeah. Like. I totally get that. Right. Like even as a, a, let's say 11 year old, right. I had this story of, I am a piece of shit and filthy and, mm -hmm. um, unlovable and unwanted and not worth protecting clearly. Mm -hmm. And I am brilliant and sparkly and hilarious and generous. Mm -hmm. 
And how do I play both worlds? Something that occurred to me recently, this probably like in the last couple of months was how exhausting it was to live this dual world. Uh-huh. Exhaust, like I didn't, I didn't realize that since I was 11 years old and fast forward to even today, uh-huh. I am exhausted. Yeah. Even having done the work, I, nighttime for me is a trigger. Right. And so I kind of still sleep with one eye open, even with, right? All mm-hmm. sorts of great supports. Yeah. Yeah, uh-huh. I get that. That's those, the, right? The light comes in and you get to, we get to see Bay, who's magical and brilliant and, and uh, joyous. And inside of Bay is the shitstorm brewing. Story, just like you were saying, like that from 11 years on, then every time you're rewarded for being brilliant and funny and all of these things, it's actually making true the story that you're hiding. Right. Right. Like every time I'd get patted on the head, which was not infrequent, everyone loved me. Sure. Didn't matter because I didn't love myself. And in fact, that's still my number one struggle. Like I have to work because I basically beg people to love me. Eventually they're going to give up because you can pour water into a desert, but nothing's going to grow there. Mm. Right. And that's my job. Mm. Almost 41. And I finally I'm like, oh, I see what I've done there. Hmm. Right. So, yeah, it's so interesting, Bay, because like when I think of Bay, I think like Bay is is surrounded by a community of people who not only love her, but might even be like like fucking weird fans of Bay, like groupies. It makes no. Di- In fact, the more people do them, I mean, not, well, no, I, nowadays it's still like it's the shit's still there, right? Like all my strategies are still in place. I just see them now. And hopefully I see them sooner and then maybe choose something different. Not Mm -hmm. always. I have all kinds of bay days. Yeah. But like the funniest thing is all that love around me. And it was always around me. Always. Yes. Maybe not in some of the places I might've, the places I needed it or thought I needed it, of course, is where I couldn't get it, but all the love in the world. And I mean it like every teacher told my mom, they wished I was their kid. Mm every friend's parent, like just, and it was there and I didn't take it for granted per se, but it was like, it didn't count because it wasn't this other. And if they only knew right, how selfish, how self-centered, how mm-hmm. dark and awful I am, then they would never love me. And it's like, the more they loved me, the like less I, first of all, the less I loved myself. Right. Cause it kind of got me off the hook. Like it's like painting a turd with glitter. Like yeah. it'll look good. It's very deceiving, but the smell will probably give it away. Right. Yeah. You're gonna see me. Yeah. Eventually. Eventually. I'm going to work really hard. Yeah. Which then makes it even more true. Like the yeah. more accolades I'd get as a kid. And I say kid, I mean like genuinely like pro- not, not just childhood. <laughs> even now, like the more accolades I get, the more that like proves to me, oh, well, you got to be perfect. Mm. Like, or that wasn't good enough, or you could probably do better or well, sure. But that they love you because of this stuff that you're doing. Like, there's no way that it gets in because it's not allowed. And so it gets flicked away from 360 degrees. Mm. And so the more there is of it, the more you're flicking it away, ironically. Yeah. And you just sit there feeling like a bag of shit, but everyone loves you. Right. It's very confusing. 
Okay, I'm going to add another twist to it, which is you're all fucking idiots. Because if you really knew who I was, you would know that I am a twisted, filthy, broken piece of shit. Yeah. What is wrong with all of you? Yeah. I never had that story Mm. because my story was that I was the only problem. Ah. So I never really resented anyone. I did because I didn't know any of the story either. Right. I just was out like like an addict trying to get love, trying to Ah, get acknowledgement, trying to get you know, the A to make, to make everyone happy. I truly believed everyone else was totally wonderful or fine. And it was, it was literally me. Like I was the anomaly in the universe. I see. I'm the black hole. And so I've got to try to keep you all safe and keep you all happy and away from the edges of me because I'm the problem. Yeah. I'm wondering now if your story is a way more evolved, thoughtful, Here I am making myself wrong for my childhood story (laughs) because mine is you are all stupid because you love me, Mm. which, you know, if we start to tear it apart, it's I'm, I am unlovable. I am not, you know, I am the anomaly not worth loving. You guys just don't know that yet. Right. I don't know which way the evolution goes on a story like that. I, of mm-hmm. course, hear it and think, of course we would. This is a fun game we're in right now. Yeah, right. <laughs> I, of course, think like yours is beyond mine because mine was so like internal. Yeah. Like, the rest of the world didn't even need to exist. And most of the time, honestly, Karen, it didn't. Well, I believe that. Yeah, I believe like, that. Yeah. I was either in Narnia or I was here. But right. like, even when I was here, it was all, it's all Bay. Like, then that's so funny because I remember being repeatedly told how selfish I was, which was, like you, that's like saying like you're Hitler to me. Mm. Like you couldn't have said a worse thing than Bay, you're selfish. And right. that was said to me very frequently. Yeah. And I believed it. And here's the thing I will proudly tell you I'm fucking selfish. I am a selfish person. I'm not going to pretend like I'm not going to be like those people were wrong mm. or that person, mm-hmm. that person. She wasn't. It's actually true. And that's okay. Yes. My first thought when something good happens to someone isn't, oh my God, I'm so happy for you. I, I'm embarrassed. This, here's a, something I'd rather not say out loud. My very first thought is always, why not me? Mm. Where's mine? My second thought is always like, that's super cool for them. I'm genuinely happy if someone's winning. I just want to win too. I got it. Yeah. But yeah, that to me, that was like, that was like the plague and I had to keep it in. Yeah. Cause in fact, this thing was actually true. And so it was very like, other people didn't even exist. Like I couldn't, I didn't even think people were idiots. Cause honestly, they were kind of like figments of my imagination. Mm-hmm. So interesting. I think we've, t- we talked about this a couple of years ago for like the first few years of my life that I have memory. I wasn't sure if I was alive or I was watching like a preview right. of how to live a life, like through my mother's belly button. Right. Like WandaVision. (laughs) Like WandaVision. Exactly. Like, oh, this. So I would test the world (laughs) like, hello, Um, just want to just want to make sure we're both on the same planet. And sometimes a lot of times because I was so little, I did not I didn't get a response that was like confirming that indeed this was real life. Right. Yeah. So, right. I wonder what it is in us as imaginative people. Like, uh-huh. I don't know. I don't know if there's anything there, but it is curious. 
I mean, I, I just love it first. Of all. I, yeah. I love it. And like, I'm sure there probably is, but again, I would say, so I like the work that Adam and I do, the belief that we have is like our gifts are innate mm-hmm. and unchanging. They're immutable parts of us. You're born with them. I cannot say that without being like, maybe she's born with it. Maybe she's, maybe it's Maybelline. Right. So just like Maybelline, you're born with it. But from that comes all of your survival mechanisms. Mm -hmm. Cause what else could it come from? Right. Right. And so when I hear that, I think clearly, and you and I actually had a, um, you know, those Facebook memories, it was a picture of you and I in front of the, in front of Hogwarts castle. Right. And I was like, oh yeah, that's us. Right. That, that picture says it all. Yep. So like one, I think that's just an immutable part of who we be. Yes. That's our gift. And of course, one of our survival mechanisms would be this like imagination muscle run amok. Like Mm -hmm. can't tell the difference between real life and not real life. Can't tell the difference between real stories and not real stories. Like just uh, like the confusion of it. Yeah. But I mean, I know, you know, this children who have been, well, anyone, but especially children who've been traumatized dissociate. Mm -hmm. Right. So part of it is like, oh, like, I don't know, is this nature versus nurture? Like, is that my magical ritual self? Or is that how I escaped a situation that as a child, you have no power to escape Mm -hmm. otherwise. And maybe it's both. Right. Yeah. But I still love the idea of you being (laughs) running like tests. (laughs) Uh, uh, this has been my existence is to test the world around me. (laughs) I love it. Bay, what haven't you told us that you, you think we should know? Okay. The thing I haven't told, I've, I've alluded to it. I think the most important thing for me in the work I do with myself and with people, and I think would heal the planet is if we all learned how to have feelings. Ah, yeah any of the feelings, any Mm -hmm. and all of them, especially, well, no, all of them, but especially like the ones we're not supposed to have anger, sadness, jealousy, Mm -hmm. like all the dirty ones. I'm air quoting. There's no playbook for that because you're just told not to. Right. And then like, I don't know if I leave some corner, if I don't clean my belly button, it's probably going to get gross. I don't know. I haven't tested that, Mm -hmm. but you know, anything we don't attend to is going to get funky. Right. And I think the problem is that we have this weird relationship with our emotions, like with feelings again, because we are literally mammals, like all the rest. Yeah. The difference I think, and I don't know that this is totally true, but so far my understanding is like the key difference between humans and the other animals, although some are crossing into that territory, like dolphins, et cetera, horses, um, is our ability to tell stories and to make meaning. Mm. I think like that's again, an overgrown muscle. So we like people make fucking meaning out of everything, Karen, like, oh, I feel good. That means I'm good. Well, then if that's true, then if you feel bad, then what you're a bag of shit. Right. Yeah. And I think most people do think that Mm -hmm. or that they're a bag of shit. Yes. Right. So it's one or the other. And then like the, if most of the time with so many of my clients, they're like, I feel this way. What does it mean? I'm like, I don't care. Yeah. I don't care whatsoever. It's a feeling like it's not Gandalf. Like it's not, it's not the thing that's going to tell you what to do. It's just a feeling. There's another yeah. one there actually right now, but you're ignoring that you're only hung up on the one you're making a story mm-hmm. about. I mean, I constantly catch myself with that annoyingly. Cause when you you're welcome, everyone, if you start playing that game, cause once right. you start, it's like when you first saw a teal colored Honda civic, you're like, I've never seen a car that color. Just kidding. Now you, that's all you see. That's all you see. Exactly. All you see now are teal Honda civics. And now you'll only see like, oh my God, I'm making meaning of, I'm, I'm trying to 
let this feeling make a choice for me instead of like, I'm, I'm abdicating the sovereignty of my being yes, and my decisions to my fickle fucking feelings, which are 30 second chemical interactions in my brain. They're right. like a fart. Yeah. Would I let my farts make my decisions? <laughs> it's a terrible idea. That's a terrible idea. Terrible, yeah. terrible. And so, yeah, I think that's the thing. Yeah, the biggest I thing. love that. Thank you. Thank you for that. Bay, what are you most excited about in your world? Well, I'm possibly excited about becoming a parent whilst also dreading it. Mm, okay. Lightly, um, but truthfully, and this is, the, you know, this is that part of me that I will just own. I cannot fucking wait to get on a plane mm-hmm. and go. Uh, I think we're going to Jordan in the fall. Oh, nice. Yep. Um, so I'm really excited. I got my final, my second dose of vaccination last week. And it's not that I've never cried with needles because I'm afraid of them, but not for that reason, not for yeah. gratitude. Yeah. And so, yeah, that's what I'm really excited about. Is that event happening? What if I forgot what it is? It's yeah, it's a fest. It is happening. We actually wrote to them. We're like, for really? And they said, yeah. So now we get to like book a hotel and so cool. You have to go to Petra, which of course everybody oh, will do. Yeah. You know that I'm only going because of Indiana Jones. Right? Oh yeah. It's incredible. Cause that's all that Petra is, is Indiana Jones. It's not like an ancient <laughs> civilization, an amazing place unto itself. Nope. Nope. Holy grail. Amazing. Incredible. Are you going to mm. travel? Well, yes. Yeah. So we were hoping our original plan, but this is, you know, before a pandemic was to go to Israel and then mm-hmm. also Turkey. And neither of those places looks like a great option right now, just given circumstances in the world. Well, we can talk about that offline. You're fine. totally, you are totally um, fine. You can go, you can go to Israel. Sweet. Then let's talk about that. Cause yeah. I, th- I really want to, and we're thinking, um, Turkey though, that was actually starting sort of before mm-hmm. the pandemic. Um, so now we're like, maybe we also add in Greece. Yes my Instagram feed is currently all just blue water. From oh, I believe it. Oh, blue water, white roofs. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Lemon. That's it. That's all I need. Love it. Yeah. I love that. Bay, what, what's been most helpful for you as a guest in the trauma hiders club? I find it really refreshing to have a conversation about a shared human experience that we all pretend we don't have. Mm. Like this yeah. should be normal conversation. Instead of like you share something and then you see someone's face crumple because they're horrified or like, mm-hmm. they, or the, I'm so sorry that happened to you, which maybe I should accept that. That's probably an expression of love, mm-hmm. but that's not why I'm sharing. That's not yeah. what I need. That's not the important part of the story I'm telling. Right. And so to have it just be a totally normal, let's shoot the shit. And we're going to talk about stuff that is as relevant and also as irrelevant to both of us. Yes. The normalcy. The normalcy. Exactly. Uh-huh. I loved, I loved having you here. I always love spending time with you and Same. will you come back for a part two? Oh my God. Yes. Hell yes. Secretly wishing and being like, Oh, I hope this was okay because I love playing with you, Karen. Yeah. And also I really think this is an extremely important conversation like for the world. So, mm-hmm. and like, it's going to start with people who are willing to, to do it. Yeah. Starts with us. Uh huh. Absolutely. Damn it. You've been listening to the Trauma Hiders Club podcast. For more episodes, head over to my website where you'll find links to resources mentioned and all the ways you can listen on your favorite podcast platform. And if you're ready to fight, 
Discover the Rules of Trauma Club. Head over to KarenGoldfingerBaker.com.